Okay, we were talking about God the Father and uh, from the teaching of Jesus, from the parable of Jesus, we know that uh, our relationship with the Father depends on our birth, not on our performance from the parable of the prodigal son. Okay, the son, the younger son performed badly and... Uh, and he was still a son. The only difference is that the younger son, during those times of rebellion, during those times away from the father, he cannot enjoy the blessing that is in the father's house. But his position, status as son never changed. And we realize God, our, father, our heavenly father, is a God that is full of grace and mercy and He forgives our sin. Uh, and uh, He totally accepts us. He loves us unconditionally. He loves us not basing on our performance, but because, once again, we are His Son. So He loves us unconditionally as a Son of God. So giving us that understanding about God our Father, it sort of lifts our our perception of who we are. It lifts our status as son of God that, that can never be changed. We have intrinsic worth. Okay? As son, we have worth and uh, not because of our performance. Okay? And then, in order for us to truly know ourselves, we need to know God the Son as well because we are the sons of God. What does it mean that, that when we say we are sons of God? So we need to know who Jesus is in order to truly know who we are. And in fact, that was uh, the purpose, the ministry of Jesus while on earth. We read that uh, uh, one or two verses in John 17. Uh, perhaps that's where we will start off this afternoon by reading it again. Uh, John 17, verse 3. John 17, verse 3. It says, now, this is eternal life, that they may know you. That means they may know you, Father, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And uh, so that was the whole ministry of Jesus, that we might truly know the Father, that we might truly know the Son. And... Uh, And in order to cause us to understand who we are as sons of God, uh, we really need to know who Jesus is as a son of God. And the key, this key is so powerful, this key is so important, you've got to uh, get it, is this. You know, when we talk about knowing Jesus as a son of God, we are talking about the Jesus that was a total man, 100% man. You know, the word that became flesh that dwells in our midst. Okay, we must understand, is that Jesus, that man that came 2,000 over years ago, that man, Jesus, he is, or he was, and he is the Son of God. That is what we need to understand. And that's why when Jesus asked the disciple, you know, he said, who does, uh, who does those people think I am? 
So when Jesus asked the disciples, who uh, does those people think he was? He was saying, who do they think the Son of Man is? Okay, so Jesus was emphasizing, who do they think this man that they get to know? Who do they think they are? Okay, so this is a key. If you can believe that man, that man Jesus, that man that lived in Israel 2,000 over years ago, in, in that human body, you know, totally man, that man, in fact, was the Son of God incarnate in that body. Then, you can believe who you are. Then you can believe in this human flesh of yours, in this body of yours with all its weaknesses, dwells the true son or daughter of the living God. Okay, I hope you get a key. Do you understand what I'm saying this afternoon? Is everybody clear? Do you want me to repeat that again? Can, if, if you want me to do that. Okay, right. Because we are human. We always say we are human. Oh, we are so weak and, and so on. And so sometimes, you know, for you to say that you are son or daughter of God, in the back of your mind, you still feel that, well, I'm just human. This is what Bible say, this is what God say. But, uh, yeah, la, I'm son of God, la, but so what? You, you understand what I'm saying? That's exactly how we feel, right? Okay, so we really don't believe. We are truly, 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 absolutely sons of God, like Jesus. We believe that we are human being. Well, you know, now adopted, now called son of God, but we're human. God only got one son, right? That's Jesus. But we are, yeah, son of God, but you, you, you get what I mean? Okay, but now, now, if you can believe that 2,000 over years ago, this man who, feel, who felt hungry, this man who felt tired, this man who get angry with something that happened, this man who is absolutely, totally man, he faced the temptation that we tempted, except he did not sin. But he's tempted. Just like you. You know, you thought, oh, this is bad. But those temptations, he, he was tempted. In every way, just as we are. Because he's totally man. And yet, that man in that human body is absolutely 100% the Son of God, correct? So, if you look at yourself, today, the Word of God says we are sons of God in your body, in your human body. Then you can understand. Then you can believe. You can accept, hey, this is what God made me. I am also true, truly God's Son. Okay? That's the key. That's the key. Okay, but to, in order for us to, to really understand that, right, we, I'm going to uh, take you through so that you will really know that, hey, I am absolutely 
Son of God, truly Son of God. Okay, but how did uh, let's let's talk about uh, why the why the disciples really struggle? The li- disciples really struggle uh, to believe Jesus. Well, it's not because we are smarter than them. You know, it's because they face this problem right in front of them. You know, this man who who live with them, uh, who's who is their teacher, who has all the weaknesses. As men, you know, they, they, they struggle to find, to believe that this man is the Son of God. They struggle with that. Okay? And, and, and that struggle is our struggle in believing we are absolutely, truly the sons of God. Okay, so it's not that they are any more unspiritual than we are. It's just that that struggle is so real. When you, you look at that man, Jesus, when he was tired, when he sleep, he snores, he, he, you know, how can you believe that he's God? You know, it, it's just so hard. And, and, and it's just like us. You know, you look at yourself, you know yourself, you know your weakness. And how can you really believe and absolutely believe that I am the Son of God? So, so even though you say it, but you feel a little bit different, you know, you don't really think. Okay, but, but, but uh, let's, uh, I'm going to skip a, a bit, quite a bit on knowing you, knowing me, okay? That means knowing Jesus, then I know myself. I'm going to skip that part. But uh, just to say that Jesus, He revealed Himself to us in many ways. He speak to us through His Word. He's, uh, he's revealed Himself to us through His work, through the miracles that He did. He revealed Himself through the storms of life, you know, we go through storms of life and He proved Himself faithful coming to us during those, those times. So we really know uh, that he is, he is God and He revealed Himself in, in a very uh, supernatural way during those times. Uh, but one of the most effective ways that He revealed Himself to us actually is through personal touch. You know, not big, fantastic miracles, uh, but just ministering is able to minister and touch your heart. That makes a difference. Remember the story of Nathaniel? Nathaniel met Jesus way before Jesus was famous. You know, Jesus was just beginning his ministry. Right? He hardly, you know, did too much. But uh, Nathaniel met with Jesus. And Jesus, when he saw Nathaniel, he said, Hey, this is a true Israelite indeed, in whom there is no guy. This, this is an honest man. This is a righteous man. A true Israelite. Nathaniel was taken aback. You know, this man just, just met him for the first time and spoke about his life. You know, so Nathaniel sort, sort, sort of uh, 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 was taken aback. And then Jesus continued, continued to say that, hey, before uh, uh, Andrew brought you, I saw you sat under a fig tree. You know, so Nathaniel was probably meditating under a fig tree, you know, just seeking God. But Jesus saw him. So because of that sort of personal touch, personal revelation that God really touches you, you, you just feel that He knows you. He knows everything about you. You know, that sort of personal touch will convince you that He's indeed God. And in fact, Nathaniel there and then confessed that you are the Son of God. Way before he, he, he has seen the miracles and so on. 
He said, you are the son of God. So he had that revelation that Jesus is God. Jesus is the son of God because of personal touch. You know, so don't despise the little thing. Sometimes people think, oh, unless I see a miracle, I will not believe. A lot of people saw miracles, they also don't believe. But when you are touched, even simple, simple little ways, but when your heart is touched, you just knew. You just get connected with God. You know that He knows you. You know, another uh, incident about the Samaritan woman. Right? No miracles. But Jesus revealed to, to that woman that you have five husbands. The man that now you stay with is not your husband. This woman was taken aback. And she knew that this is, in fact, the prophet. This is, in, in fact, this indeed the son of God. Okay, so personal touch is so important. Okay, so treasure those touch. And, and because that's the time when you really get connected with God, heart to heart, spirit to spirit. Right? That will cause you to believe that He is indeed uh, who He claimed He is. Okay, so coming back to, to the, the central issue now. You know, what does it mean for us to say that we are the sons of God? You know, are we really the sons of God? You know, how can I be sure? You know, is it just something that the Bible says, but how can I be the son of the Most High? Okay, we, we know it. This is God's uh, uh, intention right from the beginning, isn't it? From Psalm 82, you know, God says we are little gods, we are sons of the Most High. This is God's intention. But, but because we know ourselves, we know our weakness. So this afternoon, we want to look into the uh, John, uh, Gospel of John to see and to, so that we can truly know that we are absolutely 100% sons of God. I want you to turn back to, to, uh, uh, turn to John 20, 20 verse 21. You know, knowing the Son of Man, we will know that we are the sons of God. John 20 verse 21. This is after the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus appeared to the disciples and He said this to them. Verse 21, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Okay, this is just some simple, simple uh, statement that Jesus said to them. But I want you to know behind it, the significance of those statements, you know, the powerful uh, revelation that comes from those statements. You know, Jesus uh, uh, say, a uh, brief on them and say, receive the Holy Spirit. You know, so they received the same Holy Spirit as, that, uh, as was upon Jesus. What's so significant about receiving the Holy Spirit? We all receive the Holy Spirit today. But the thing is, we need to understand, before the death of Jesus, before He atoned for our sin, Jesus spent three and a half years with them. Why He never breathed the Holy Spirit upon them? You know, because He can't. They cannot receive the Holy Spirit then because Jesus had not died on the cross. Jesus had not uh, uh, sacrificed for sin yet. So it's only after Jesus died on the cross when He shed His blood, when He cleansed us from all of our sin. Then, now, 
This body of ours is cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Every sin is removed. This body is a holy temple. This body now, when God looks at it, this body is sinless. It's clean. That's your body. Washed by the blood of Jesus. When God looked at it, God saw a sinless body. He saw a temple that His Holy Spirit can now live. Before that, he, the Holy Spirit cannot come in to dwell in this, in, in, in this sense because we still have sin. But now the blood of Jesus, that's why this thing happened after the death of Jesus, the crucifixion of Jesus. Right? And I want to tell you that to receive the Holy Spirit is not a small matter. Those Old Testament prophets, those mighty men of God, those Moses we talk about, David, you know, David has experienced the Holy Spirit. But they do not experience the Holy Spirit as we are today. Because up to until uh, uh, the death of Jesus, they are anointed by the Holy Spirit, no doubt. They are moved by the Holy Spirit, no doubt. Just like the disciples did during the time that they followed Jesus. They healed, they, they saw, and they have the Holy Spirit. But Jesus tell them, the Holy Spirit is with you. He's working with you. But one day will come. He will come and dwell inside you. So right until now, the Holy Spirit cannot come and dwell inside because this tape, this temple was not cleansed yet. You know, so it was after Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross when we are absolutely clean because of the blood of Jesus, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, that Jesus can breathe on us. So we receive the same Holy Spirit as Jesus did. But I want you to turn to uh, Galatians 4. Galatians 4. Verse 4 to verse 7. But when the time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who called out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. Well, I mentioned previously, God gave us the full rights. Remember, take note of this. This is a legal term. Full rights of sonship. So you are not any lesser a son of God than Jesus. That's shocking, isn't it? You have a full right as sons of God. So I want you to understand this truth and begin to see yourself in this light. Full rights. And that's why, that's why He gave you the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of His Son. The Spirit of Sonship. Right? Verse 6. Because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son, into our hearts. The Spirit who cries out, Abba, Father. So, realize, the Holy Spirit doesn't just simply, you know, dwell in any 
any human being. God sent His Spirit to live inside us because we are His sons. It's the Spirit of His Son. And that's why we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. You know, a lot of people can say, Oh, God is my Father. God is my Father in heaven. You can say it from your mind because you read the Bible, you, you know. But it's only the Holy Spirit inside you that will cause you to be able to truly cry from your spirit, cry from your heart, and say, Abba, Father. It's the Holy Spirit inside you. So a lot of people say, God is my Father. No. In this spirit, that may not be so. Until the Holy Spirit is placed inside you, causes you to cry out, you're not born again yet. Okay, you may have the knowledge. You may say, oh, God is the Father in heaven and so on. You know, it's just a little bit, you know, I, I like to illustrate this as if a little baby that was born. It's a baby that was born. You know, the first thing that the baby did in order to, to, com- to totally convince us that the baby is alive is that the baby cry. You know, that is that moment when you're born, when the Holy Spirit come inside you from the depths of your heart. You cry, Abba, Father. That's what the Bible says here. Okay, so the Holy Spirit coming to us is the spirit of His Son. And more than that, more than that, you look at 1 John. 1 John. First John 3. Okay, First John 3, verse 9. We, we read verse 1 and then we read verse 9. Verse 1 says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. So it's not just a term. It's not just a term that we say we are children of God. The Bible says that is what we are. Absolutely children of God, sons of God, daughters of God. Why? Because God lavishes love on us. You know? And then look at verse 9. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. God's seed, God's DNA. You know, you want to know whether you are illegitimate, you know, sons or legitimate son. Today we go for the DNA testing, right, to confirm. And and the Bible says God's seed, his DNA, his word, which is his spirit. Is in us. So if we have a spiritual DNA test, if we are born again of the Spirit of God, you know, God's seed, God's word, God's spirit will be inside us to confirm that we are absolutely born of the Spirit of God, sons and daughters of the living God. Okay? So if Satan were to come and accuse you and say, look, you are lousy, look, you are defeated, you know, you're not really sons of God. You just tell him, hey, get a DNA testing. I'll prove it to you that I'm sons of God. You know, because God's seed is in me. 
absolutely, I'm sons of God. Okay, uh, so, so have we made clear about when we say we are sons of God and, 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 and we are not just using a term? That is exactly who we are. But coming back to John uh, 20, going back to John 20, there's something else. Because I say even though this simple thing that Jesus spoke, but they have tremendous revelation and power. And Jesus says something here. He said, verse 23, He said, If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. You know, we receive the same authority as Jesus has, as God has. If you read the gospel, you will realize the Jews really struggle when Jesus say he forgive the sin of the people. The Jews struggle and say, hey, how come you, you claim to be equal with God? Because only God can forgive sin. And you say you can forgive sin. Jesus say, well, is it easy to say your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? Let me prove it to you what I say. You know, I say with authority, I, what I say is true. Rise up and walk. Prove it to them. You see, so to forgive sin, only God can forgive sin. But God has given us the same authority that He has to forgive sin. Right? So, so because sometimes I ask people, you know, can you forgive people's sin? They, they struggle because the immediate thing about God, you know, I'm not God, I cannot forgive sin. Only Jesus, He died on the cross, He can forgive our sin. But Jesus say, whoever you forgive their sin, you know, they are forgiven. If you hold back, if you do not forgive, they are not forgiven. So, lest we are too smart and get revenge on people we don't like and say, oh, okay, then I'm not going to forgive that guy. Let him go to hell because of what he's done for me, uh, done to me. But Jesus being the Son of God, when he died on the cross, what did he do? He said, Father, forgive them their sin because they don't know what they are doing. Okay, if you are true sons of God, just like Jesus, you do the same thing. Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. So God has given us authority to forgive sin. I say we have the same authority as Jesus, the Son of God. As, you know, and, and it's more than this. Remember Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth is loose on heaven. You see the authority that we have? That kind of authority only God has. But He has given us the same authority you know, to, to function in this world. Ephesians 2 verse 6 says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You know, so all the principalities and powers are under our feet. So we are seated in position of authority. And uh, we have the same authority as Jesus. To forgive sin, to bind, to lose. And then, we have the same joy as Jesus. 17, John 17 verse 13. 17, 13. I'm, go I'm coming to you now, but I say this thing, that I am still in a world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Full measure of my joy within them. I've given them your word. Okay. So, 
So we, you know, the full measure of joy that was in Jesus, we receive the same measure of joy as Jesus has. You know, to have the joy of Jesus is so important because the joy of the Lord is our strength. The things that keep us going, you know, despite of all the challenges, despite of all the difficulties and, and, and pain and suffering at times, the things that keep us going is there is such an inner joy. And we need that full measure. You know, that means there are different measures. And we can have the full measure. And how we are going to have the full measure? When we understand the Word of God, when, when we, we, we have the Word of God. He said, I spoke these words to you now, you know, so that you may have. So it's so important that we, we, we know the Word of God, what God is saying, so that we can have the full measure of the joy of God. Okay. Then to verse uh, number four, we talk about we have the same Holy Spirit as Jesus. We have the same authority. We have the same joy. We are not of this world, just as Jesus is not of this world. You know, you, you, this is found in verse 14. Verse 14 of John 17. I have given them your word, and the word has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. Listen to those words carefully. I am, uh, they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. So in our Jesus is saying that we are exactly the same like Him. He was the Son of God, came down into this world. He doesn't belong to this world. He came down. And when we are born again of the Spirit of God, we are exactly like Him. We are not of this world, just like He is not of this world. Okay? So, this is Jesus uh, what Jesus said. But once we know exactly who we are, remember I tell you, if you know exactly who you are, you know your identity, then you will know the destiny. Then you will know the future. Then you will know how you should live. So once Jesus knew that He does not belong to this world, He is the Son of God, what did He do? What did He do? When age 12, age 12, when He knew that He is the Son of God, the revelation came that he is the son of God. Right before then, he's probably living just like any little boy. You know? Just growing. But once he realized who he is, once we realize who we are, we have a new destiny from God. So Jesus said, you know, at age 12, he said, I must be about my father's business. So this afternoon, if you truly know who you are, how are you going to live? Now that you know that you're absolutely 100% sons of God, how are you to live? You're, you do not belong to this world. Are you still going to live like people in this world? I mean, if you do, I pity you. Right? Just like we talk about in Psalm 82, 
they even though they are sons of the Most High, but they will die like mere men. They will they live in darkness, just like other people, as if they are so ignorant. But Jesus, once he knew who he was, he said, "I must be going about my Father's business." And this afternoon, this is what how we should live. We should live for the Father. We should be going about the Father's business because now we know we are sons of God. Absolutely. Just like Jesus. So this, God came. Jesus came in order to establish the kingdom of God. And that's, that becomes our purpose in life. You know, because we do not belong to this world. So, we have the same commission as Jesus. If we do not belong to this world, why are we in this world? Why didn't God take you away to heaven because you do not belong to this world? You know, Jesus did not belong to this world, but He was sent into this world. He was sent into this world. Remember just now when we were reading in, in chapter 20, what did Jesus say? In verse 21, he said, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And now back into John 17, he said, We do not belong to this world just like he is. And then what he goes on to say, you know, why we live on this world in verse 18. Uh, verse uh, verse, no, let's continue to read from, we read just now up to verse 14, right? Okay, let's continue verse 15. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. You see? We are not of this world, but why are we here? We are being sent. So this afternoon, every one of us are called. Some people say, well, I don't have calling, so I'm not serving God full time. You're wrong. You're wrong. You are being sent. You are on call. Because you do not belong to this world. The reason why you stay in this world is Jesus said, you know, it's not my intention to take them out. Even though they do not belong to this world. But the reason is because I'm sending them. I'm sending them. So Jesus sent us into this world. You know, what are we to do? Why, you know, because uh, uh, what are we to do on this earth? Now that we are sent. You see, when Jesus was sent into this world, what did the Father want Him to do? In verse 3 of 17, verse 3, He said, Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Okay, and verse 4, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. You know, what are our work? Now that we're being sent, our work is to reveal God the Father to people. 
Our work is to reveal Jesus Christ to the people so that they get connected with Him. So in that relationship, living from God the Father, from God the Son, they have eternal life. And that's our work completed if we have done that. People living, depending on the Father and the Son, and they draw that life from Him. That's our work. You know, so Jesus said, I've completed the work. You see, He has not gone to the cross yet. He did not die on the cross yet, but yet He said, I've completed the work that you sent me to do. You know, the, the work of the cross is only meaningful when we know who was hanging on that cross. Okay, so the, the key, the key, you know, so often we just lead people to accept Jesus, you know. You accept Jesus as a personal Savior. Oh, now you are a child of God. You know, but what we need to do is really, really reveal the Father to them so that they have a right relationship with the Father. So that they have the right relationship with Jesus and so that they will also know who they are. Absolutely sons of God because they know Jesus, the Son of Man, as the Son of God. Okay, so this is our, our work. Because once we know that, then we know how to live. If we don't know who we are, you know, we sort of know. We don't know how we should live. Once you know who you are, absolutely sons of God, then you know you should be about the Father's business. Then you know you're sent into this world. Then you know your job is to reveal the Father and the Son to this world. That's our calling. That's our job. Okay, so we have the same commission as Jesus. Same commission. And then we have the same glory as Jesus had on earth. 17 verse 22. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. Okay? So this glory that we have, is the glory of the Son of Man. I stress that. The glory of the Son of God on this earth. Right? Because there is another glory that God would not allow us to touch. That is the glory that solely belongs to God. The Bible says no man can touch God, God's glory. That glory just belongs to God Himself alone. So that glory, Jesus left it in heaven before He came down to this world. Philippians 2 tells us that He emptied of Himself, right? And came down as a, in the form of a servant. So that glory that belongs to God, God alone, it was in heaven. That does, that, that's not share with, with us. But the glory of the Son of Man, the Son of God, Son of God, not God, but God's Son. Okay? The glory of the Son of God, that glory was shared with us. We have the same glory. So Jesus, whatever Jesus had on this earth, you know, and He lived that life, whatever glory that He had to sustain Him, uh, to help Him to walk in on this earth, we have the same glory. We are given the same glory. Okay, that has to do with the nature 
the nature of God. You know, Moses said, God, let me see your glory. God said, I, I cause my kindness, loving kindness to pass over you. You know, that's my glory. So we have the nature of God's Son in us. Okay, and then we have the same love from the Father as Jesus. 17 verse 23. I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you have, that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So how God the Father loved the Son, God the Father also loved us in the same measure. So we receive the same love as uh, Jesus. But we got to understand that even though God loved Jesus without a shadow of doubt, He still allowed Him to go through rejection. He still allowed Him to be hurt, betrayed, by people, he still allowed him to be crucified and suffer all those pain and so on. We must understand that because people go through difficult times, then they begin to question, does God love me? God's love is not a sentimental love. His love is perfect love. Okay, And that love can be tough at times. And he allowed us to go through the same kind of experiences that we may go, uh, uh, that Jesus went through. But the Bible assures us that He will never leave us nor forsake us. The Bible says, whatever happened, you know, it will not remove God's love from us. So His love for us is constant. His love for us is sure. Even though we may go through experiences that is so difficult and we may not feel it, but He said nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God. In Romans 8, verse 35, nothing will be able to suppress from the love, perfect love of God. Okay. And uh, God's love is perfect. So when He loves us, He loves us with that perfect love. You know, He did not withhold anything. And then uh, the other thing, number six, we have the same access to the Father, just like Jesus. Same access to the Father. You know, some, some people, some, some denomination, they have, you know, if you want to go to God, you have to go through someone else. Because, you know, you go to Mary because she's the mother of Jesus and you go to her and, and that will help you better to get, to get to God. Or you pray to some saints. You know, that is totally wrong because they don't know who they are. If you are the sons of God, you are truly the sons of God, do you have access to the Father? Or do you have to go to someone else? You know? So we have the same access to God the Father, just like Jesus did. Look at John 16, verse 23. 23. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. And let's uh, continue in verse 26. It says, In that day, you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, 
The Father Himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from the Father. You see, Jesus has asked us to pray in His name. He said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, it shall be done. Just to correct Himself. Just to make sure we don't get the wrong meaning. Thinking that we pray in His name, that means Jesus, you know, then we are going to Jesus and Jesus will help us to, to take the request to the Father so that the Father will answer us. So Jesus want, to, want us to not to have that sort of misconception about what He's saying. So He said, I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. That's not what I mean when I ask you to pray in my name. That's not what I mean. You know, but that's the way you do it. But that's not what I mean. That you are going indirectly through, uh, you know, to me, via me, and then only then it will reach the Father. That's not what I mean. He said the Father Himself loves you because you have loved me. So we have the direct access to the Father. You know, when you call to the Father, it reach Him straight, direct. Why? Because the Father loves you. Because you are His sons. Okay? Even though we ask in the name of Jesus. Right? And, 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 and God loves to answer our prayer. The Father loves to bless us. The Father loves to give to us. He say, ask. Hey, come on. You have not asked in my name yet. You have not received much now. Because you have not learned to how to ask. Now ask. Ask. So that you will receive. The more you receive, He say, that your joy may be Fool. You know, so God is not stingy. Sometimes we ask Him as if, oh, He's so difficult to, to get, and we got to back and, 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 you know, like a child, you know, they have to uh, do some tricks, you know, to get into the Father's heart, and then the Father will finally say, okay, okay, okay. You know, God is not like that. He's saying, hey, I love to bless you. Us, us. You know, I want to see that your joy is full. You know, but we need to know who we are. We are his sons, his daughter. We just come to him, us, and he loves, loves to bless us, loves to give us, right? And then we belong to the same family as Jesus, absolutely the same family as Jesus. Hebrews 2, Hebrews 2. Eleven. Hebrews 2.11 Both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers. In the presence of the congregation, I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he say, here am I. And the children God has given me. You know, Jesus is not ashamed to call us his brothers. Because we belong to the same family. Remember, he told Mary before he went up to heaven, he said, my God, your God. My father, your father. We are of the same family. That's why I mentioned to you just now. We have the equal rights with Jesus as the sons of God. Full rights. Okay? So, 
We belong to the same family. You know, sometimes even as, as, as pastors and, and even as church members, sometimes when someone else talks about our, our members, oh, you know, your member, this one, they do this, do this. Sometimes we feel what? We feel a little bit ashamed. You know, and sometimes we try and, you know, you know, Tai Chi. Oh, you know, not everyone who come to our church are our members, you know. The church is open, anybody can come, you know. You see, we, we, we are a little bit ashamed. But here, God knows. God knows you, me. He knows we will fail Him. We, in fact, we will bring shame to His name because of what we do. He knows. But he's not ashamed. He said, these are my children. These are, these are my brothers. He's not ashamed. Because our position is not based on performance. Our position is based on our relationship with Him. Our birth as sons of God, born of the Spirit of God. Our position is based on what Jesus has done. What Jesus has done for us. But we need to grow. Okay, we, we cannot remain you know, like infants, we need to grow. But Jesus is not ashamed. He can take it. You know, we may not be able to take it, but He can. He's not ashamed. Okay, so we belong to the same family and we have the same inheritance. Remember just now in Galatians we read, have you noticed? You know, because we are sons, so we are heirs with, together with Him. Hey, to prove whether you are truly sons or not is whether you are going to get the inheritance or not. Isn't that so? Right? If you can get the same inheritance, then it proves that you are truly sons. And the Bible says, because we are sons, He has given us the inheritance. You know, uh, and, and Romans 8, Romans 8, Verse 15. Verse 15. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself, uh, himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if indeed we share in His suffering, in order that we may also share in His glory. So we are called heirs with Christ. That shows you your standing in the family of God. Okay, we are all together sons of God. And uh, we have same knowledge from God. Jesus said, I call you friends. Whatever I learn from my Father, I reveal it to you. Okay, so we have the same knowledge as Jesus because we are not just His brother, we are also His friends. You know, that He will share His heart to us. We know that to receive the knowledge of God is not an easy thing. Remember, Last Sunday, we heard about Samuel. During the time of Samuel, the word of God was scarce. 
God refused to speak to those rebellious, that rebellious generation. You see, so God doesn't simply talk. And Jesus said, because you're friends, that's why I speak to you. That's why I tell you. That's why I reveal to you. So to receive that sort of knowledge is a privilege. And God's, uh, Jesus said, you know, you, you, you have the same knowledge as me. Because we are friends. We are brothers. You know, we are of the same family. But how do we receive it? Jesus also had to get up early in the morning to seek God the Father. He also had to receive it by revelation of the Holy Spirit. You know, that's how we receive it, right? Okay, so if you look right through the list, I hope you'll be absolutely amazed and shocked to realize how we are so equal with Jesus, the Son of God, in our standing before God the Father. Okay? Let's just go through it quickly. We have the same Holy Spirit. We have the same authority. We have the same joy. We are not of this world, just as He's not of this world. We have the same commission. We have the same glory. We have the same love. We have the same access to the Father. We are of the same family. We have the same inheritance. We have the same knowledge. You know, we are truly, absolutely, Son a daughter of the living God. So the next question you're saying is, well, how come if I'm absolutely the sons of God, how come I don't really feel that way? You know, how come? Okay, there are two reasons that we learn from the parables of the prodigal son. You know, the, the, the oldest son, he's a good boy. He's a good son. He served the father, you know, diligently, hardworking. But what was his problem? Why can't he feel that he has the same right, you know, equal treatment with his younger brother? How come he felt that the father was, uh, you know, uh, being partial and not treat him the same? It's because of ignorance. Ignorance. You know, the father say, all that I have is yours. You know, you live in this house. You're my son. You have the right to enjoy all that I have. Just go and grab it. Just take it. It's yours. But he doesn't know. He's still striving. He's still trying to earn acceptance from the Father through his performance, through his service. That's why he serves such weariness and tiredness. Because for so long he has been serving. He felt that, well, you know, it's no use. You know, you just can't please him. You serve, serve, you just can't please him. You know, he's still not pleased. He's still not giving me what I want. But God the Father is saying, hey, silly boy, all these are yours. Don't you know you live in this family? You are the son. Hey, you enjoy all this thing. It's yours. You see? So we may not feel it. We may not receive from God because we, we felt that we are not worthy. We felt that, well, we are, he doesn't really, you know, uh, uh, answer my prayer. And, and, and as a result of ignorance of who we are, we cannot enter into the fullness of God. Uh, the second reason why we cannot experience it is of course because of our disobedience. Just like the younger son. He disobeyed, he rebelled. He left the family. So because of our rebellion, it affects our relationship with the father. Isn't that so in, in a natural sense? You know, when you fight with your dad, you quarrel with your dad, you see that relationship sort of strained. So for, for during those times, you cannot feel His love. 
because the relationship is in trouble, right? You know, you feel that there's a war between you and him, and 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 it's just not right. You can, can you cannot enjoy his love. You cannot enjoy the pleasure of his company. You know, because of that strained relationship. And so the younger son disobeyed. So what did the father say? This son of mine, he was dead. He was separated from me. He was separated from the fullness, the blessing, uh, the, the love, the peace, the joy, the everything that I have. He was separated from it. But now that he is back, he, he, he come back to life again. Now he is rightly related to me, with me again. Come, give him the full rights of sons. Give him that ring. You know, give him that ropes. Give him that shoes. Come, let's have a party. He has a full right. You see, the reason why we don't experience is because maybe we're living in rebellions and, and we're not doing what he wants. So somehow that relationship, you know, was strained. It's not because we, we use that relationship to earn the blessing. It's not. It's just that the relationship was strained. Relationship. What we receive based on relationship, based on His grace. You know, so we, we want to be rightly related to our Father so that we can enjoy His blessing.